Hello and welcome to the Knock On Scoreline.ie's Rugby Podcast. It's Stephen Byrne here and Chris Pym and this week we're going to talk about Ireland against England, Leinster against Munster in the Pro 14 final, the upcoming Rainbow Cup fixtures for the Pro 14 which have been confirmed. We're going to talk about the news of JJ Hanrahan from Munster possibly heading to Claremont Vern and lots more. Now, former Leinster captain Chris Pym joins us on the Knock On Rugby podcast. Chris, how are you? Now, good, Stephen. Yeah, good. I've never been more delighted to be wrong in all my life. Oh, you can sing that so you can. Uh, absolutely delighted with that. No one, Chris, ex-players, yourself, myself, anyone that's interested in the game. We were yeah. all expecting a bit of a pasting from England. It didn't happen. Thank Jesus. <laughs> Thank you. No, no, it was fantastic. Yeah, really, really Brilliant afternoon's entertainment. And uh, yeah, look, England, I'm not quite sure. I don't know whether it's we've got our act together or they have just kind of lost the plot. They were never in the game. I mean, it was quite extraordinary. Uh, they started quite well, but other than that, Ireland just grew and grew and grew and then just closed down the game at the end. I just thought, fantastic. You know, and to be fair to Andy Farrell and to Johnny Sexton, they said this is the performance that's been coming for the last few weeks. So absolutely delighted for them, delighted for all the players and obviously for the Irish fans as well. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant and, afternoon. And I think the most notable thing about the game, we'll talk about tactics in a minute, but every player had a pretty good game. Everyone got stuck in. Everybody stepped up. Yeah, literally from 1 to 15. Um, you could fault. Nobody took a backward step. It was uh, It was really, really impressive. And uh, yeah, sure. Look, I'm not quite sure where to start, but it was uh, yeah for literally from the scrum, the line out, every aspect of play. To be honest, went well. Now the line out and the scrum have both been improving steadily through the campaign, but certainly they uh, they hit their straps on uh, on Saturday for sure. It was uh, it was an excellent performance. Absolutely. And the surprise, just tactics in general, Chris. We were given out of the likes of. Uh, Gary Ringrose and James Lowe trying to kick the ball deep in their own half um, and sometimes on the midfield line and going, like, this isn't what these lads do. They run the ball. Um, why aren't we running the ball? We got to see a bit of that the other day. Um, a handful of kicks. In fairness to Conor Murray, he box kicked fairly well. Um, and we were trying to run one or two phases, even when we were back as far as our own 22, um, and then getting out of there, but running and looking for space. Thankfully, it's great. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was really good, really good. And I mean, I think the Jack Conan try kind of just summed up the whole day. I think it was, what was it, 23 phases or something. Um, and just, you know, that's kind of thing we've been looking forward to for the last probably nearly two and a half years, I'd say, at this stage. But uh, since, you know, since literally that, was it that fixture two years ago where they came to Lansdowne Road and they absolutely kicked the living daylights out of us so it was nice to it was nice to get one back on them but it would have been even nicer with 52,000 people there but uh, yeah look it was a fantastic performance yeah really really good um, I think one of the players uh, Robbie Henshaw by the way we'll start with him we'll talk about Tyke Byrne in a minute but Robbie Henshaw was everywhere the other day um, deservedly got man of the match as well but Gianni Mackey really stepped up for, for that match um, he's a solid player anyway the best of times but uh, talk about being hungry for work yeah no he was he was the man 
on the day. He really, he set the tone. First 20 minutes, he was kind of leading the line and, you know, smashing lads back in the tackle. It was, no, it was absolutely superb stuff. And, you know, he's been, to be fair, trucking away pretty well all season. He's probably been one of the unsung heroes thus far, but he was absolutely a song hero on Saturday. For sure, he was just excellent from uh, start to finish. And he set the tone for the day and I think, you know, gave guys the confidence to really believe in themselves and go after the game. And yeah, look, just superb. Um, Hugo Keenan, um, we keep saying it here every week, the, that 15 is sewed permanently onto his back. Um, it'll be a job getting it back off of him. Um, he was great and he played it all whatever amount of minutes it was of the Six Nations this year, the only player to do so as well. Um, any other players of note? We'll talk about Tyke Byrne as, uh, in a second. Any other players that you felt stepped up, um, Chris, that were given a chance? Yeah, well, certainly. Well, I mean, given a chance, but I mean, uh, Tyke Furlong was immense again. And, you know, again, set the set the tone for the afternoon. Scrum was literally from the very first scrum. You could see we had an edge. And uh, it was just a question of working, working, working. And then, you know, they shoved them off their ball there. Well, that scrum where we got the penalty, it was uh, it was just superb. He was really excellent. Um, Herring's darts were good. Uh, line out functioned well again. We made their line out look fairly ordinary. And, you know, that doesn't happen very often, see the English line out malfunctioning. So, yeah, they were good. Look, I thought Henderson was excellent. And yeah, look, Tyburn. Yeah. Again, I was disappointed he'd been shoved back into the row, but Jesus, he was he, he was He's excellent. Some dude. some dude and has to be a nailed on lion now. Yeah, um, he was just a revelation, wasn't he? Like he was great yeah. when he was in Wales, came to Munster a bit quiet. Yeah. For a yeah. while, but this Six Nations, I had my doubts when he came into the Six Nations panel. I know he came off a bit of form with Munster, and you know, there was a bit of improvement, but by God, he proved me wrong in the Six Nations. Um, loads of time for him now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. And I mean, to be fair, I read an interview there from just, uh, was it just after Christmas or just before Christmas, where he had said that he reckons he'd been playing well for a good while, but he just had to bide his time and bide his time. and. If he gets his chance this year, he'll take it. And by God, has he taken it? He's just been really, really excellent. And yeah, probably, you know, between himself, Henshaw, and Keenan, the probably three standout players of the of the campaign. While we're talking, a good, yeah, and a good way to finish the Six Nations as well. We're happy, obviously, uh, a lot done, more to do, as the old Fianna Fáil slogan was years ago. Yeah, as Bertie might have said. Yeah, exactly. And uh, but that's great. And you know, there is there's more guys coming through. We've Joey to come back into the picture. So, um, and yeah, Johnny continues to play like that. You can he can be as old as he likes. I don't really mind. He yeah. can do the old Tom Brady trick and uh, re-sign for another year. I see Tom Brady signed on for us, so that'll make him 44 playing. <laughs> professional or at the absolute highest level so that would mean Johnny's got another five or six years in a minimum yep absolutely Chris had really reinforced the importance of Johnny Sexton there was a yeah. lot of doubts when he was getting injured and coming off and all these 
things shown on the telly of him losing his temper and stuff. Um, but like anyone that follows Johnny closely or Leinster closely knows what he's like mentally and how he prepares himself for the game mentally and everything as well. But just his value is just Absolutely. reinforced for the, especially the last two games um, of the season. No, no yeah, no question. And to be fair, um, I might do a bit of giving out generally, but I have always said that he was the standout 10. We didn't really have anyone to touch him. And I mean, someone like Billy Burns or even Ross Byrne, they are so far behind Johnny at this stage. Um, you know, it's too big a gap for us to fill up. And, you know, we all kind of have to hope, hope that uh, Joey's the man who's going to fill that hole. So, uh, fantastic prospect tomorrow night down in Thoman Park. Is it Thoman Park? Where is that? No, it's in the RDS. Sorry. In the RDS, yeah. It's live yeah. on KCLR as well. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. But yeah, so that'll be uh, that'll be a fantastic contest, actually. Yeah, looking forward to it. And just a mini discussion off that about out halves and, and Joey Carberry. Um, we hear that JJ Hanran could be uh, doing a U turn out of Munster and heading off to France to Claremont Avern. Um, very solid out half. Ronan O'Gara has said that he was, you know, prepping him to be the next big thing or Munster sort of main out half um, and that just didn't work. Went to England, went to Northampton, uh, back to Munster. It's not really working out and he's heading off again. Um, disappointing. He's copped a lot of flack with Munster as well when things haven't went right. Yeah, well, he's played a lot of minutes now this term. Obviously, I know Joey's been out when there's the two young lads there, but um, you know, he certainly hasn't been bad, but I mean, there just is a gap between him and the next level. And I think Claremont's a fantastic move for him of someone at his stage in his career. Clearly nothing going to happen at Ireland. Um, so I'd be heading off, getting a bit of sun in my back, getting a few bob in my pocket. So yeah, I think it's a great move for him, delighted for him. And, you know, I think it's, it'd be really interesting to see now if there's any more guys headed away. I mean, I know there was talk of Jack Crowley going to, um, to La Rochelle and I was like I would have said that was a no-brainer of a decision go out there play to 14 you're not going to get near the you know he's not really in the picture now with Joey back and probably Ben Healy ahead of him I can't believe Jack Crowley didn't go I thought that was a fantastic opportunity for him but um, yeah look I mean there might be other reasons in the background but I would have thought that was a fantastic opportunity and going away I think is good socially, mentally, you know, psychologically good for lots of lads, whether it works out or not. It just gives you another string to your bow. You've seen another part of the world. You understand another culture. And, um, you know, there's rarely lads come back worse players. I know Johnny went to wrestling and, you know, possibly wasn't a massive success, but he certainly came back a better player, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it just it leads me to the question. I was just thinking about it the other day. Um, all expectation from a Munster point of view has been heavily placed onto Joey Carberry's shoulders. What if he doesn't deliver? I know. Big ask. It's a big ask. Yeah. Big ask. Guy's been out of the game for <laughs> certainly a year and a half. Um, you know, I mean, really kind of picked up that injury probably August there coming into the World Cup, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And then didn't really work out for him. So it's a long time to be out of the game and expected to step back in there and to run the show tonight in, not tonight, tomorrow night in a cup final. It's big ask, big ask. Um, but 
yeah, look, I mean, I remember my Ellis lad, Sam, he played under 20s with Joey and he's been in Hong Kong, Australia, whatever, and played with Trinity for four years. He will tell you without doubt he is the best player he ever played with. He just has an X factor. So um, he'd have had a few lads through his hands at various levels and stuff. So um, he'd be a fairly good judge. So um, I know that was that was nearly five years ago now, but he uh, he certainly thinks he has the, the magic touch. So, yeah, look, we absolutely are all hoping and praying he does too. So, um, yeah, look, we wish him all the best, but just not enough. Yeah, we not enough. Be- Luck that they'll end up leading Monster to a win. He can yeah. play really well, but he... I was just going to say, Chris, he can play um, as well as he wants for Ireland, but uh, when he's a red jersey on, I'd prefer if he was a bit off. Um, yeah. yeah, that leads us nicely into Leinster Munster. The team is out. Um, I suppose the headline is what a bench. What a bench. Yeah, not bad, eh? Um, no. take, take listeners through the team if they haven't heard it um, Keen Healy Ronan Kelleher and Andrew Porter are the front row Devin Toner Scott Fardy second row Reese Ruddock Josh Vanderfleer and Jack Conner in the back row then you've got Luke McGrath and Ross Byrne the out halves scrum halves Dave Carney's on the left wing Robbie Henshaw and Rory O'Loughlin are in the centre Jordan Larmer's on the right wing and Hugo Keenan is 15 now the bench is Tracy Ed Byrne Carla Mann Tyg Furlong Ross Maloney, Ryan Baird, Jameson Gibson Park, Johnny Sexton, and James Lowe. <laughs> There's a one, how many internationals are there? One, two, three, four, five, six Irish internationals on the bench, just in case. Just in case, just in case. Yeah, I'd be a little disappointed if Scott Penny haven't done all the work to get them there, that he's not on the bench. They're two second rows on the bench. I thought they might have put Scott in there somewhere. I, I asked that question, Chris, is a hand injury, as far as I know, and it's going oh, to be yeah. two weeks. Oh, I did actually saw that last week. Remember, yeah. he was getting wrapped up a couple of times. Okay, well, that's good that's to know. That one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, what yeah. a team, though. Yeah, what a team. Not bad, is it? Mind you, the uh, Monster side's not a bad-looking side either, is it? Yeah. No, it's pretty uh, strong. Yeah, might just have an edge up front. Um, I'd like to think we might just have an edge up front but um, other than that it looks very even across the park um, they probably look at our our midfield um, with O'Loughlin Delande or Farrell running at Loughlin down that channel I would expect a bit of traffic to appear there fairly fairly early on but um, I know his Henshaw in there beside him but uh, yeah look I think I think Monstro look to try and just keep the ball um, because if they can get across the game line, you know, they're going to put that side under pressure, that Leinster side under pressure. Um, I know we have a we have a super duper bench with 20 minutes to go if we need it, but um, it's, I think Monster will never have, this is probably their best opportunity. Yeah. You know, and um, they're a really, really good side with a lot of guys playing well. I, they have the X factor of Joey. I suppose they have the unknown factor of Joey as well because really to expect them to step up given what's been a fairly stunted um, return to play after a long a long period out, uh, you know, it's, it's tough to expect them to take over the game and run the game and, and be the man. But look... If there's a man that can do it, Joey's the man. So 
it's uh, oh, beautifully poised. I think it'd be a fantastic occasion. Absolutely. Um, overall, Chris, I've been thinking about the game. Um, Munster will, will probably desperately need some sort of piece of silverware. It's been 10 years. The 2011 uh, Pro 14 or Pro 12 final it was that the one that was just a week after Leinster won the Heineken Cup in Cardiff. Um, that's the last time Munster had a piece of silverware. Leinster probably throwing the rise onto the Toulon match next week. So there's a bit yeah. of that in the back of my head. I wonder are they? Yeah, I mean, if I was Munster, if I was Leinster, I would have thought this was a bigger game, uh, given that uh, Toulon are particularly travelling that well. Games in Dublin, um, you wouldn't know what sort of Toulon side would turn up, whereas you know exactly what side type of Munster side is going to turn up. So, but yeah, look, I mean, you'd like to think, given the bench they have, that if we're in the game with twenty minutes to go that uh, there should be enough firepower in blue to seal the deal. Fingers crossed. We're looking forward to it. Anyway, there's going to be fireworks. Um, Please, God. Yeah. Yes. Um, like Alan Quinlan on the radio there just coming up the car this morning. He was saying that Munster have never lost six in a row to Leinster. And this is a, this is the So <laughs> this, this will be a new record. Um, so we'll see what happens. But yeah. It's in the RDS as well. Wouldn't it be fantastic uh, to have it in front of a full crowd? RDS or the Viva Stadium? Or have 52,000 in the Viva tearing the raft. I'd say, yeah, no question about that. But yeah, unfortunately, hopefully next year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Chris, we'll talk about the Rainbow Cup uh, quickly. Um, So it's going ahead. and they've released the, the fixtures for it. So uh, Leinster will play Munster again on the 24th of April or the weekend of the 24th of April. They've Connacht then on the 8th of May and Ulster on the 15th of May. They're the Interpros um, and then that's mixed up with a couple of other teams as well. Um, so it's sort of after the Pro 14 final and be probably played in tandem with the Champions Cup games that are going on over the next few weeks as well. It's... Uh, it's a it's bit of a weird one. European Cup, is it? When is the European Cup final? Uh, I have me on the spot now. They're, no, trying, sorry. they're trying to wrap it up by the end of April. Um, yes. Is it, is it the Rainbow Cup is after the European Cup final? Yeah, the, or the match against Munster is the 24th of April. So there's a chance that it's yeah. the same weekend, that first game, or possibly after. And if Leinster go all the way, we're not saying the will, or Munster, or whoever. Um, yeah, there could be fixtures, clashes there, but the purpose of the Rainbow Cup this late in the year? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So, where, where, so what way are the South African fixtures? Um, I only have the Interpros here in front of me, uh, okay. Chris, but I can pull up the Leinster ones um, and have a look here. Um yeah, it's just going to be an odd sort of dynamic having finished a, an odd Pro 14 season with these two conferences and the way it finished up and started back again uh, and then having to go back into that. I'm going to pull up the full Rainbow Cup uh, ties here or the ones that they've confirmed in front of me um, and see what the story is. So it kicks off, yeah, it kicks off on the weekend of 24th of April and the fixtures for the first three rounds are out. Uh, yeah, so on the weekend of the 24th of April, Leinster, Munster, Ulster, Connacht, then you've got Benetton, Glasgow, Edinburgh, Zebra, Ospreys, Cardiff, Dragons, Scarlets, and then you've got the Bulls against the Lions and the Stormers against the Sharks. And then you've round two on the 1st of May, 
another round the 8th of May uh, and then the 15th of May. And then the final is the weekend of the 19th of June. And there'll be a couple of other rounds between uh, that as well. So, well, yeah. Yeah, not quite sure. And then you have a Lions tour. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a lot a, of rugby. Yeah, it is It is a lot of rugby. You can imagine a lot of the younger Leinster fellas um, probably let out. Basically, the lads that were keeping the Pro 14 show on the road when the yeah, internationals yeah. were away. Um, yeah, from a game time point of view, they're playing possibly if they get to the final up to the 19th of June. That's well into well into summer. Um, but yeah, the line store is going to push the season back a bit anyway, the way the fixtures are working out. So um, yeah, and the Lions tour, of course, going ahead as well. But just your thoughts on the Rainbow Cup, Chris? Yeah, look, I mean, I don't I think the South Africans coming in is a long term is a good concept, as in the Pro 14's not overly competitive, to be quite honest. And I think the South Africans would definitely add something to it. Um, so I know a weekend down in Durban as well wouldn't be the worst idea in a, in a in a year's time, if we were looking for an L trip True. away, be hell out of Glasgow in the middle of January anyway. So, you know, we might see about that. But, uh, yeah, sure. Look, I mean, I think it's um, overall, it's probably a good thing. Uh, just uh, given the season, the way it's gone, it would look like it's kind of been shoehorned into a season. I'm not altogether sure how necessary it is. So, but um, look, it'll be opportunities for young lads coming through who are mad keen to get ball time so um, yeah fingers crossed we we'll see what happens yeah there is positive of course it gives the international bosses a chance to look at younger fellas as well and yeah. and see what happens I suppose there, yeah there's something to take over and we get a bit more rugby as well to lead us nicely into yeah. the Lions tour <laughs> yeah yeah exactly when, you, when you're and you're just watching you can take as much as you like absolutely uh, recovery not required because quite the same way yeah, absolutely. Um, so Chris, the Lions tour is going ahead. Uh, we're not. It's, it would, they're not one hundred percent sure if they're going to have crowds yet. Probably not. Um, it's going to be played, and it's going to be played in South Africa. A couple of countries um, sort of threw up their eyebrows at that notion of it going ahead and not in front of crowds as well. It sort of loses the polish and glamour of it. Um, yep. You know, yeah. no crowds. Like, um, you know, I think it's good that. You know, to go on a Lions tour that was in the UK against South Africa, if you're a player, would be one of the great anticlimaxes of all time. <laughs> to be, yeah. but um, I think going away, they still they'll still be forty lads on tour in South Africa. They'll still be able to do an El Safari trip. They'll still be able to, you know, bond like you do on any big overseas tour I think from a player's point of view it'll be great now you know it's not the same as playing in Joburg in front of 70 or 80 thousand people um, you know you're taking that out of it but if you are given that option or going to an empty Murrayfield I know which one I'd choose yeah. so uh, yeah look I think bring it on I think given I mean, they'll clearly all be vaccinated by then. Um, so you would imagine that they'll be able to mind them, get them out there. And uh, I'd be positive enough that uh, it's a good call. Yeah. What do you reckon from an Irish point of view? Will we start listing who we think is going to go out? Tyke Byrne anyway. 
Tyburn's going, Tyg Furlan's going. Um, I'd be surprised if Andrew Porter doesn't go, given that there isn't a dearth of tight heads. Yeah. Um, Tyg Burns definitely going. Ian Henderson won't be a million miles away. I would have thought uh, Toja would have been captain, but I think given the way the season has gone, there's a distinct possibility he mightn't be. Yeah. Which means Alwyn Jones would more likely be the choice of captain, which kind of might work against... Um, a Tyg Byrne or an uh, Henderson I would imagine James Ryan will definitely tour assuming he's fit um, and then back rowers oh, not 100% sure with back row um, would you bring CJ? personally I wouldn't but um, hard to it's look often, I mean yeah. It is a tough one, yeah. I mean, he probably would deserve to go, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think there's there's enough back rowers around there. I mean, Hamish Watson's issue in. Curry's probably issue in. I wouldn't, I'd imagine Sam Underhill, if he's back from injury, would be issue in. And then you have a couple of... Yeah, I wonder, was it too late for Jack Conan? But you know, given the amount of rugby there is still to be played... Um, there will definitely be opportunities for guys. Um, Murray certainly put his hand up. There isn't a huge amount of scrum halves. Um, I would imagine Sexton will go. Yeah, experience as well. Enshaw will go and then, you know, the rest would is just kind of see where we're at. But I've nearly named the whole team there, have I? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much it, yeah. yeah. We'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the second row will be where the huge amount of competition will be. Like, we can't bring all the Irish ones as well as they're doing. Yeah. So, Ian Henderson yeah. could fall Ty off. Burnley, you know, his utility, yeah. he, can cover, he can cover the two rows, so he's definitely nailed on. Yeah. But, yeah you can nearly make a case for... You make a case for Keenan, certainly, as well, given the campaign he's had. Yeah, absolutely. Consistency and a young fella coming through as well. Um, yeah. yeah, there's not that many particularly fantastic um, full-backs at the moment, is there? No. And the Joe would be an interesting call as well as to whether they bring Owen Farrell. Ooh. He's had a poor... Yeah, he has. And I think he's quite a disruptive character when things maybe aren't going your way and it just that just wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't make the plan be interesting yeah but because Ben Russell's surely nailed on yeah and if they bring Johnny well then do you bring George Ford or um I mean Biggers had a good campaign to be fair I would have written him off a year and a half ago but He'd have to be in the shake of given the season that Wales have had. So, yeah, look, it's uh, plenty of speculation between now and then. I, I don't have the date date for when it's announced. You know, no, but no timeline as of yet. Uh, there's a lot of logistics to be nailed down in the meantime. I yeah. think, but they just wanted to get an, uh, the initial announcement out anyway that it's going ahead, and then let's start looking at everything after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it keeps us going through the summer anyway, Chris. Plenty. Absolutely. To- 
Lots to talk about. Tonker yeah. backsides on the on the couch um, for exactly. a good bit of the summer. Um, looking forward to Leinster Munster, of course. That's on Saturday evening. Live commentary on KCLR with Brendan Hennessy on the mic. It'll all be a different sort of environment than we're used to, of course, with COVID and everything. But it's live on your radio and live online as well. Great to have so much rugby. And um, we'll talk to yeah. you next week on The Knock On. You're a star. Thanks, Stephen. Talk to you later. That's it from the knock on scoreline.ie's rugby podcast. Thanks a million for listening. Don't forget to subscribe if you want to get more episodes on scoreline.ie. Don't forget to check out our other podcasts as well on scoreline. You've got all things MMA, football manager show, and lots more. Talk to you soon.